0: Hi <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Um, am I good? I did it. It did it. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I've never used one of these uh, headsets. I'm so very used to a microphone, so um, my hands will be desperately looking for something to do, but we will make it work. Um, so I'd like to reintroduce myself. My name is Kagan Parker. Sharm, thank you so much for the gracious introduction earlier. I have had the pleasure of. Um, rejoining 1111 recently on staff with Tom and Brad. It's been honestly a blessing for me. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to be a part of this community in a different kind of way. Uh, and today in a whole new way, because I get to be up here in front where Tom normally is. Um, we miss you dearly, Tom, but we do hope you're sleeping. Uh, <laughs> because we know he doesn't do that often. Um, so if you haven't Noticed or picked up on the not so subtle nuance today is about love, um, but a different kind of love. So I picked the songs a little intentionally to give you some feel goods, kind of set the tone for today's um, topic. I really, um, I love love, but today we're going to talk about it from a different kind of perspective. Um, Normally we hear about love in a romantic sense, we hear about it in a relational sense, um, but today we're going to talk about it. As a, in a personal sense. Um, self-love, self-care, uh, self-acceptance. Um, so that's just a brief overview of what we'll be doing today, but I wanted to start with uh, going a little bit deeper into how I ended up here and how I ended up on this journey of self-love. So I'll go on a, a quick little story. I first found 11.11 back in 2016. Um, It had been about three years since I'd been in a religious institution. My parents had gotten a divorce. And the reception I received from the church that I was attending at the time was nothing short of abusive. Um, And it really didn't help an already broken and confused heart. I was about, you know, 20. So just a little bean. I'm still a little bean, but I was an even smaller bean then. And it really just shattered my reality to be in need of love like that, be in need of a hug, of uh, it's going to be okay, anything. I would have I taken anything, but instead I got um, chastised. I was told that my parents were doing something horribly wrong and that everything that happened to us, we deserved it. Um, and that really took me out of church. So when I came back to 11-11 in 2016, it was, I, w- I came begrudgingly, I was shuffling. <laughs> um, my dad was like, but it's okay. I promise I wouldn't take you into a space that's not safe. And I really, really have a wonderful relationship with my father. So I, I went with him. Um, and I'm very glad that I did. Um, because during those three years of not being, I won't say in church, but in community, in those three years, it was really dark. It was, um, I was really empty and confused I had a lot of questions about the universe. I had a lot of questions about life. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing outside of the confines of religion because religion was all that I had known. But when religion turns you away, what do you do? Um, So 1111 was an interesting forgiving space that I did not expect. so when I first came to 1111, my dad just kind of you know, dragged me in, and I sat in the pew like an obedient kid, but I found myself overwhelmed with the energy in the room. And I know you all feel it because you've come here. We were talking this morning, Ms. Sutton, about it's different to be online than it is to be here in this space. There's just this vibration um, that you feel, and I felt it immediately and was like, oh, okay, this is not, can't really call this church. Um, It's more of a gathering. It's more of a a moment to meet one another in a different kind of way. Um, So let's see. We'll go back a little bit. So as this little kid is sitting in the pew of 1111 for the first time, I'm in desperate need of compassion. I'm in desperate need of love. I'm in desperate need of validation, but I didn't find any of those things here. I found curiosity. I found discovery. I found overwhelming acceptance that almost swept away my need for those other things because there was just full of this, full of this new energy that made me wanna be. It made me wanna learn. It made me wanna experience things. And it kind of took me out of this depressed state and brought me to a different place. So I wanted to say a formal thank you. To this place um, because it really has impacted my life in a way that I did not expect it to. Um, And now I find myself employed and I'm giving back in a way that I never thought I would be. So I wanted to genuinely say thank you for um, being what I didn't know I needed. It's probably the best way to say that. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, I found. Today, I knew this was going to be a little emotional because I'm being vulnerable in a way that I'm not used to. I'm very used to sharing and smiling and hugging people and saying hello, Um, but often I don't find myself in places of, of vulnerability. I'm up here all by myself. I don't think I've ever talked for 20 minutes in my entire life. I think the longest presentation I've given has been 15 minutes, so I'm like, that extra five minutes feels real long. Um, so excuse me if I get a little choked up, but I did want to say thank you, um, from the bottom of my heart, and I continue to feel that energy, and I continue to feel that vibration, and I want you to all know that you are a huge part of it. When one of you is missing, I can genuinely feel it, and then I, me and Sutton had a moment this morning, I know you two, uh, from when I first came to 11.11 to see you again today was like, Oh. It's like a familiar face that I've known for a really long time, but we've only spoken like twice. Um, so that energy is unique to this place. So let's see. I was intrigued by 11-11 to say the least. Um, my father also let it slip that I sing. And it wasn't really like a slip, right? It was like, hey, my daughter sings. And he just like chunked me into it. Um, so then I found a different a different part of 1111. I found the band. Um, and they just embraced me in this way that I had never been embraced before. Um, one of my fondest memories that I'll share with you guys and I'll probably get choked up about was with Mike Brown. Um, we all went to band breakfast one morning. That was like a ritual that we had. We'd go, we'd do rehearsal and we'd run to breakfast and we'd come back. And I found myself at the end of the table with him. It was... I mean, the old 11-11 band was huge. It was about 10 of us or so. Like, it was a lot of people. Um, but I found myself kind of tucked next to Mike, and his whole presence felt big. So I really felt myself, like, tucked under him at the end of this table. Um, and I looked at him, and I was like, can I just ask you a couple of questions? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? What, what, is, the whole, what is the whole point of any of this? Um, I feel really lost. I don't believe in Christianity anymore. I don't feel like this this place has ever been anything for me. I almost feel like an imposter being here. What do I do? Um, And he just smiled. And he said, find what feeds you. Find what feeds your soul. You can take pieces of everything and use that to make you feel whole because there's truths everywhere. And multiple things will be true, but you find what suits you. And that just blew my mind, blew my mind. No one had ever said that to me before, because I'd only known, you know, you pick one religion and that's the one you get, and you stick with it. (laughs) Um, But now I was in a place of I was exploring Buddhism, I was exploring spirituality, I was curious about the world. And to hear him say that, my heart felt it, and it opened it up to this new place of exploration, um, and then you know, there's other there's other memories. I honestly could spend a whole time up here talking about the way eleven eleven fed me in that space, um, but that memory in particular really changed my life, I I got to hold my arms wide open instead of keeping them really closed out of fear. I got to have them wide open and accept what was going to come my way. That was meant for me. That was formed for me. And that was really, really different. So 11.11, this place played a huge role in my journey towards self-discovery, self-acceptance, and self-love. So we made it back around. Um, So I I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect going on a journey about religion, about life, about all these questions about the universe. I'm an uncomfortably deep thinker. Um, I've always been an uncomfortably deep thinker. It's never simple. It can never be simple. So this whole journey, was huge for me but then it I figured out what I believed I figured out what I wanted um but then I was left with myself still feeling kind of empty still feeling kind of dark um very confused and so then it turned into a journey of self-love and I'd heard about this concept of self-love before but it sounds it sounds very kitschy like, at this point, it's, it's pop culture, and it's like, love yourself, treat yourself, go get coffee, go shopping. Um, and that never resonated with me, and I was like, I love to shop like any other girl. We're going shopping. Um, but that wasn't, that wasn't feeding me. You know, when you buy things, it feels good for a moment, but it, it vanished after but a couple hours. Um, and I really thought I loved myself. Um, but the way that I treated others was not the way that I treated myself um like other people can make mistakes right so I would have a friend do something wrong and um there'd be all this forgiveness like it's okay I know you didn't mean to do me wrong I know you had the heart you know the, the heart of good intentions it's totally fine I forgive you it's okay but when I would make a mistake disgusting I was horrible Days of embarrassment, days of criticism, days of being down at myself, of overthinking, of going back on that moment over and over again, like, you should have known this, you should have known that. And if I treated any of my friends like that, I would never have friends. Um, it, it went so far as, like, you know, my friends have the permission to cry. I think it's, it's weird to, to think about that, but we honestly have to give ourselves permission to cry sometimes. And I would give the people in my space permission to cry. But when it came time for me to cry, it was hold it in. You gotta be tough. You don't deserve this moment. You, nothing is that sad. Um, congratulating others. I'm so proud of you. You did great. I just graduated recently, and I genuinely had to take the time to congratulate myself, because I'd never done it before. I'd never stood in the mirror and, and looked at myself and been like, yeah, that was a really long journey, and that was hard. And you did that, and I'm so proud of you. And it I had never done anything like that for myself before. I would always undersell my accomplishments um, and simply let them pass by because I felt like maybe getting excited about something would set me up for disappointment later. So just kind of, there was this big difference in between this private life I was living in my head and the life I was living with other people, which was full of love and joy and congratulations and happiness. But... The one inside my head was weird. So the love that I received in this space was really challenging because I would go home feeling warm and fuzzy and then the warm and fuzzies would leave and then I was left confused and one day it dawned on me that the reason the feeling fades is because I was doing nothing to nurture that energy in my own home. I was doing nothing to nourish that energy in my own head and in my own heart. It was, it was falling flat because... I was doing nothing to do anything with it. So it was almost as if, it was almost like if it was like a drug, like I had a come down, like, oh, this happy joy feeling, this wonderful Sunday morning, it's great. And I'd go home and I'd have withdrawals and feel unvalidated and unseen. Um, And it dawned on me that that was my job, that that was my responsibility to take care of that. to learn how to see myself, to learn how to validate myself, to learn to accept the spaces that don't feel good, um, to sit in the spaces that don't feel good. Um, And I used to be so ashamed. I think that was the weirdest thing about it, was this sense of you should know how to love yourself. You should know how to do this, this, that, and other. And I had to let all that go. So I chose Jonah 2 for today's verse because I felt like Jonah. When I was reading that poem he wrote to God, I was like, this is how I felt. This was was me for a really long time. Um, And I wanted to give a brief disclaimer. I, I grew up in the church. I went to a Christian private school. I used to be part of the worship band. I used to be chaplain. So the Bible's not unfamiliar to me. But I only learned it from a perspective of control um, and not of love and wisdom. So now as an adult, I've had the wonderful opportunity to go back through it. And when I was going back through it, this, the Jonah 2 really just, it spoke to me. And the story itself is really, really interesting because Noah's given Jonah. <laughs> Jonah is given really clear instructions. And I, I feel like we're all a little familiar with the story. God told him to go somewhere. He said, I need you to go here and do this job for me. And he said, I don't want to. I'm going to get on this boat and I'm going to go somewhere else. And that was was me. My spirit was telling me that I needed to do something and I wasn't doing it. I I got really clear instructions about love. I got really clear instructions about compassion, about who I needed to be as a person, but I was never applying those things to myself. So we see the trying to set up a little bit of a parallel. We have instructions, and then we have what we're actually doing. I was not following instructions, and because of that, just like Jonah, I paid the consequences. Um, and thank you, Sharm, so much for reading that. I felt like you did a wonderful job of kind of embracing the emotions of that passage. Um, because in his solitude in the whale, we often think of him being in the whale as a punishment. I don't think it was. I think it was a bit of a blessing because in his solitude he was able to see the situation just a little bit more clearly um it wasn't to punish him at all he really got to understand what his purpose was to decide to align himself with his higher calling to agree to do the thing he knew would be the most fulfilling for him and I saw myself in that poem because I had to also do that I had to wake up one day and say okay I'm loving all these people all of these people are in my life and they say they love me so much because of X, Y, and Z and I'm a, I'm a light to them, da, 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 da. But I'm not one to myself. And that was, that was me deciding that day to align with my higher calling of my purpose, to be a loving being authentically, not just for other people, not just when it felt comfortable, not just when I had the opportunity to be that person all the time for me, myself, and others. And that was interesting because at that moment I felt like I had just got spit up on land just like Jonah did. Like I popped out in reality and I was like, well, cool, (laughs) cool, cool, cool. So I've got all these cool new tools and I've got to figure out what to do with them. Um, And I spent a lot of time alone just like Jonah did and that I found a lot of wisdom in solitude that I didn't expect to ever find. There's a lot of wisdom in silence. Um, there's more wisdom in silence than there often is in words. And in that place, I really found, I found myself in a different way. And I think it's a pretty unique experience to note to say that you've been able to meet yourself. I got to meet me, and it was really cool, um, genuinely an experience that I will cherish for the rest of my life and is a journey that I'll be on for the rest of my life. Um, so now we've brought it again full circle. Now that we've talked about how I got to this place and we've talked about what it did for me, let's talk about exactly what it is. Um, So radical self-compassion is a term we use in mindfulness. Um, It's basically a concept that encourages you to parent yourself, to be kind with yourself like you would your own child, like you would a friend, like a... And I oftentimes think of myself as like a baby bird, like how would you treat a a helpless baby bird? What would you say to them? Um, I think it goes a lot deeper than that as well because as a community of love, it's difficult to give from a place of need sometimes. If I'm not taken care of, it's difficult for me to take care of others, and we do though. We power through, we have commitments, we have dedications, we have things that we signed up to do, and so we do those things, but then what happens to me at the end of the day? And I think the concept sounds a little selfish, and I am encouraging you guys to be selfish, which sounds a little contradictory to the whole idea, but in this selfishness, I found abundance in a, in a way that I never, ever had imagined. Um, in the last couple months, I've had the opportunity and the honor to share with you guys some of my own songs, um, and hopefully I'll get to say, you know, sing some more for you guys soon, but most of my lyrics are about this very concept of holding yourself in a place of reverence so that you can then shower, like shower everyone around you in this love, in this embrace that is effortless at that point because you've taken care of yourself. Um, So yes, introspection, self-love and acceptance, they're things that I resonate with deeply and I kind of wanted to talk to them about, talk with you guys about them today because this community does a lot. Um, As someone who's been a recipient of what you guys are capable of, I know you do a lot. Um, And I wanted to take the opportunity to encourage you to turn that energy back on yourself. However that looks, everyone is different. Um, Everyone has different needs. But how often do you really stop and think about what it is that you need? And how often do you communicate that clearly to the people in your space? Do you even know what that looks like? Have you stopped to even think about it? Just questions to think about. Um, And like I said, I'm not talking about shopping, I'm not talking about long baths, playing video games, drinking with friends. All of those things are lovely and they make life enjoyable. I'm talking about holding space for you to cry. Um, when you're feeling hurt and insecure and sort of lashing out, do you hold yourself in that space and ask yourself what you need? Um, when you're feeling warmth and having a moment of security, do you acknowledge what that feeling is so you can find it again when you need it? Um, do you align yourself or try to align yourself with your spirit, your higher calling, your self-identified purpose? Um, Do you take time to sit still and silent and to hear the whispers of the universe? Those are things that you do for self-care. That's self-love. That's self-acceptance. Those moments of nothingness in which you can meet with yourself in a genuine and authentic way. Um, But yeah, those things in my opinion are vital and enhance your life and how you can show up for those around you Um, I get the opportunity to show up for you guys every week in a phenomenal way and it comes from how I treat myself on the outside now and it feels effortless and it's life-giving to be in this community and then to go home and take the energy that I've received from you guys and instill it once again into myself. Um, So band, you guys can wander back on out. Uh, (laughs) I pulled a tom. So I say all this to say, because this is a room full of people who love passionately with everything that they are, Um, and again, as someone whose life has been greatly impacted by that love, I want to encourage you as many times as I can through just a smile or a hug or through the opportunity to talk with you today, um, to hold space for yourself, to turn that same love that you pour out so effortlessly back inwards sometimes um, to check in on yourself to check in on the ones around you making sure that they're also loving themselves Um, that you find space for acceptance for your faults your weaknesses your mistakes Um, yeah to treat yourself with the same kindness that you all have treated me thank you